Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. So fall, fall season, that always reminds me of when I would go backpacking and canoeing up in Canada. It's one of my favorite things to do now. Um, I want to tell you a story, start off today's message by telling you a story of the first time I went. It wasn't necessarily my favorite thing to do the first time I went. So a friend of mine, his name was Scott Griffey, he said, hey, you want to go do this wilderness trip? It's fun, a bunch of guys, we get to spend time with God, it'll be great. Sounds awesome, man, I'll, I'll sign up for that. This was back in 2002, I think is when I went. And so anyway, so me and my friend Pontip, his name is Pontip, he's from Laos, but we call him P. Um, we decided to uh, go on this trip and we started working out. Because if you're going to go on a, on a men's backpacking trip, you need to be strong, right? That's what you need to be, you need to be strong. And so we started lifting weights and we got really tough and strong. And uh, we got up there and the first thing we had to do was we had to get in this canoe and paddle across the biggest lake I've ever seen outside of Lake Michigan. All right. And so we're paddling into the wind and the the water is actually coming over the bow. I mean, it's like, and my, my friend Pontip, he's in heaven now, so forgive me, buddy, if I'm sharing this, but this is what Pontip would do. He'd be in the front. Every time a wave would come over the bow, he'd stop paddling and grab a hold of the boat, you know, because he's afraid he was going to tip over. And so then we just kept getting pushed over and over towards these rocks. Anyway, so long story short, we made it through that day, and I was whooped. And I'm like, man, I don't, this is a rough day. But at least we got across this lake. My shoulders were burning that night. The next morning, uh, we got up and we went to our first portage. Now in Canada, they call it portages. We call it portages. This is where you have a trail and you go from one lake to the other. That's really all you do. But there's usually a mountain in between. That's kind of the problem with these trips. But anyway, so um, we, we got the, up to it and my friend Pontip says, Hey, I'll carry this first one. And so he grabbed the canoe and he'd been working out. So he picks the canoe up on his shoulders and he carries it a couple hundred yards. And then he gets to the other side and he throws the canoe down. You know, we were like, All right, I want to do the next one. So we get up to the next one and it's just a couple hundred yards. There's these, these signs that would say how long it was. It's in meters because we're outside of the United States, you know. We only go yards. Anyway, so it's like meters, 200 meters. And so, um, so I pick up the canoe, and I carry it over a couple hundred meters, and I throw it down, and just, ah, yeah, we're, we got this. And we had kind of like, we were going fast, so we, we got to the head of our group, and so we get to the next one, and there's no sign up there, so we're like, ah, it can't be very long. And so Pontiff goes, I'll carry it. So he picks up the canoe, he starts taking off, and he's going, and I'm behind him carrying the paddles, and I'm like, you got this, you got this, and we're going, and we're going. And we're going, and there's like no end in sight. And we just keep walking and keep walking. And then uh, uh, he, Pontip starts slowing down, and we're getting tired. And he's going slower and slower. And then like the, the canoe behind us, the crew behind us says, hey, can we get around you? I'm like, yeah, all right. So he goes around us, and he, Pontip's still carrying. I'm like, you got this. And then he's going slow, and the other guys go, hey, can we get around? So they go around, and pretty soon we're at the end of the pack, and we're we're going, and uh, you know, we're just tired, and uh, where's the end of this thing? And uh, so then I see somebody coming the other way, like he's carrying a canoe, and, and I see him, and I'm like, oh, good, it must be close to the end. And, and I, I say to him, I said, hey, 
hey, how much farther is this? And I knew there was a problem because his shirt was soaked and he was dripping sweat. And he goes, he goes, only a couple more hours. And he goes by and I'm like, well, he was joking, right? I mean, he was joking. Yeah, you joking? Were you joking? A couple more hours. And so Pontiff keeps carrying and pretty soon his legs cramp up and he can't, he can't go any further. And I said, well, all right, well, let me try it. I was carrying the heavy pack, but I thought, I'll try it. So I pick up the canoe and I carried about 50 yards and say, I think I'm done. Put it down. And I said, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to go get help. <laughs> so I left him behind and uh, walked and walked for a couple more hours. And, you know, it wasn't quite that far, but over an hour, got to the end and said, you guys got to go get my friend, man. He's way back there. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, so it was, it was three and a half miles long, which is a long way when you're going up and down mountains and hills and carrying 100 pounds on your pack on your back. And uh, it took us four hours to get to the end of that. And uh, it was at that moment that I realized that I, I'd never want to do this ever again. And in fact, I don't want to finish this trip. We're in day two. So I started doing the math. I said, well, everybody here, they, they paid about 300 bucks. So if I multiply that out, how much would that cost me to give them their money back? And we just leave. We just leave right now. I knew that couldn't happen. And so each day was really, really tough while I was up there. And I got to the end of it. <clears throat> And I remember specifically, I was sitting in this van and we were driving away from the lake where we had gotten out. And I remember telling myself, you need to go back and you need to look over your shoulder and look at that lake because you're never going to see it again. All right. That's the last time you're ever going to go up here. The last time you're ever going to do that. And I uh, drove home and it really was a couple weeks later that I realized, see, I needed that and I, I need to go back. See, the thing was, to do this backpacking, canoeing, portaging trip well, I didn't need strength. I mean, I need a little bit of strength, but what I needed was endurance, right? And I didn't have this gift, this skill of endurance. I grew up, um, and, and everything I did was just really fast. You know, I wanted quick completions, quick rewards, and if it was going to take a long time, I wasn't going to do it. In fact, when I was in track in high school, I ran sprints because I could, I could run hard for 100 yards, maybe two, but don't ask me to do three or four or oh, those people that ran a mile. Man, that's crazy talk, you know? So I didn't have this, this skill of endurance. But while I was up there, not only did I see that I needed it, but I actually started to develop this skill of endurance. So I, I didn't know that I was going to need it, but I kept going back. I kept going back and I kept developing this, this skill of endurance. And I needed it when I went through a painful divorce. didn't know I was going to need it, but I needed it. And then I needed it when I was a single parent for six years with two little ones. I needed that skill of endurance. And then Rose and I, we both needed it when we got married and thought that we were the Brady Bunch and found out that step families don't work that way, you know? Brought our five kids together and lived happily ever after, right? Woo! <laughs> I needed endurance. Maybe she needed more. <laughs> I don't know. But then 
you know, I, I've needed endurance to be in full-time ministry. I used to be a computer guy. So God called me to be a pastor about 14 years ago. I'm coming up on 15. And, and I've, I've needed endurance to be able to do what God has called me to do. And I would say it's not just me. I'm not the only one in this room that needs endurance. We need this skill, this gifting, if you will, of endurance. If we want to stay physically fit, we got to stay on the treadmill for more than a minute, right? We got to get up in the morning and actually do something. It takes endurance to stay physically fit anymore. If we want a marriage that will last longer than the American average of 8.2 years, it will take endurance to have a long-lasting, God-pleasing marriage. Those of you that are in high school or in college, trust me, it will take endurance to get that college degree. I wanted to quit many times along the way. It takes endurance. And if you have children or hope to have children in this age, woo, it's going to take endurance to raise those kids anymore. Can I get an amen from all the parents in here? <laughs> I see some of you, you're like, yeah, I got that one. I don't know about that physically fit thing, but I got that parenting thing. We need endurance for that. I would submit that almost every good thing in this life is going to take endurance. I really do. Almost every good thing is going to take endurance. Uh, a biblical word for endurance is perseverance. A lot of scriptures that talk about perseverance. I'm going to read a few of those. Hebrews 10.36 says, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. God's promises are dependent on our perseverance. According to that scripture. In Galatians it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will what? Reap a harvest if we do not give up. So there's a harvest out there for us if we endure and don't give up. And then James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So blessings and the crown of life are available to us if we persevere. If we persevere. Well, I believe that we all want this skill of perseverance. You know, you might have it to some extent, and I think that if you do, you're going to want more. And if, and if you struggle with perseverance, I, I, you're in the right place today because I believe that there are some, some hints, uh, some tidbits on how we can better persevere that's in the Scripture we're going to be reading today. But our series today, we're starting a new series. It's called Hope or Finding Hope, It's Time to Dream Again. It's been uh, a difficult 18 to 20 months. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. And uh, we've had to persevere. Some of us have persevered better than others. There's been days that I've persevered better than others as well. But I believe that what God has been saying to me, and I'm sharing with all of you, is that it's time to dream again. We've been through this trial, and uh, we're not at the end of it to be sure, but we're nearing, I believe, the end of it. And God's saying, it's time to dream again. It's time to find hope. And we can start to have hope. We can start to believe again. We can start looking forward to the future again. 
And uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. So we're going to take three weeks and talk about hope. Talk about hope. Um, Our scripture for today comes from Romans chapter 5, and you can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans. That's where it's at in the New Testament. We'll also have it up on the screen as well. Um, Paul is actually the, the author of Romans, and Paul unders- with, withstood a lot of persecution, a lot of trials. And so if there's someone that can preach or teach us about perseverance, it is Paul. He's been through it. He's been through it. And so um, when he teaches on perseverance, I listen, because he knows what he's talking about. So we're going to learn from chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Let me read it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. We'll stop there. So today's message is all about perseverance. It's titled Perseverance, the First Hurdle to Hope. And you say, well, I thought this message, this series was about hope. It is, but it's a process. Hope is at the end of the process. There's sufferings, perseverance, character, and hope. And so today we're going to talk about perseverance. Next week, we're going to talk about character. And then the third week, we're going to be talking about hope. And by the way, um, we talked about the Take 5 to Invite 5 initiative that we have right now. Um, we have cards out there. You can get a five-pack of invite cards. I would encourage you, over the next week, uh, grab some of those, invite people who need hope to be here. Um, it's one of the things our world is lacking today is hope. And, I, and I'm excited about this small message series that's going to bring us there. So today, our topic is perseverance. Let me pray, and I'll give us a couple of um, ways that we can have more perseverance. So Father, we come to you, and uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us a guide to this life. We are not by ourselves. We don't have to just wing it. Uh, You gave us instructions for this this world. We thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you would give me your words to speak today, and that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive from you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, two points. You can fill these in on your handouts if you would like. We can all have more perseverance when we recognize suffering as an opportunity. Recognize that suffering is an opportunity. Verse 3 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Paul said that we should glory in our sufferings. He knew that when you're in a time of trial, it's an opportunity to develop perseverance. Problems and challenges are going to come our way. But how we face them, what our our mindset is during that time, will determine whether or not we gain anything from that trial. Author Dory Rotger says it this way, There are no problems, only opportunities to be creative. 
There are no problems, only opportunities to be creative. So when I worked at the hospital, back at Memorial Hospital, uh, I was the director of information systems. And my job was uh, to support and install our major computer systems. And I had a team, you know, that did actually all the work. I just took all the credit. No, kind of. Anyway, so. Um, but the hospital was in a contract dispute with the South Bend Medical Foundation. <clears throat> and the South Bend Medical Foundation provided all of the laboratory services for the hospital. Excuse me. <clears throat> And um, so the South Bend Medical Foundation decided to take their ball and go home. They said, all right, so you don't want to sign this new contract. Well, our previous contract says we just need to give you a 60-day notice. And so we're going to pull out in 60 days. And our CFO says, fine, go ahead, pull out. We'll create our own lab. Well, that, that's a major undertaking. So that's what we did. Uh, they had to build out a space in the hospital for a new lab. They had to buy all of the laboratory equipment and install it, get it up and running. And they had to hire all of the staff to run the lab. But the part where I was involved was that they needed to, we needed to purchase and install a laboratory computer system that interfaced with the electronic medical record. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. Um, typically, it takes anywhere from 18 months to two years to put in a computer laboratory system, and we had 60 days. Actually, we had about 57 days by the time they talked to me. And I could have looked at this problem and gone, oh, this is terrible, woe is me. But actually, I looked at it as an opportunity because for the first time on any computer project, I was given an open checkbook. I could hire as many consultants as I wanted. I could buy anything that I needed. I just had to be done in 57 days. And, uh, and honestly, I was just like, this is going to be great. I love it. Now, we, we worked really hard, and uh, we actually got this computer system and the laboratory and all the staff up and running, mostly, uh, within those 60 days. Um, and I look back at that time and go, that was, that was great. I learned a lot in my life about how to run a project, how to meet uh, unrealistic timelines. And I'm glad that I did because it was an opportunity for me for growth. It was an opportunity for me for growth. But many times when we see a challenge or a trial, we go, oh, Lord, deliver me from it. Right? That's what we're saying. Lord, get me out of it. It reminds me of the story of the, the butterfly. We probably all heard this story where this butterfly was hatching from its cocoon. I know it's a chrysalis, but that's hard to say. We'll say cocoon. And, uh, and so a guy looks down and sees this butterfly struggling. And so he takes some scissors and he snips the cocoon and the, the butterfly crawls out, you know, really easily. And and then he kind of watches in disbelief as the butterfly never has its wings fully developed. And he realizes later on that in the struggle of breaking out of the cocoon, it, it strengthens the wings. And that's what makes them mature and enables them to fly. And by helping this butterfly prematurely, he ended up crippling the butterfly and it never was able to, to fly. <clears throat> 
So there are times when we're trying to get through a struggle and we're just saying, Lord, help me. Get your pair of scissors and cut away my struggle. And God in his sovereignty is looking down and saying, this is good for you. This struggle is developing you. It's strengthening you. You're going to be able to soar at the end of this if you don't give up. Right? I mean, the butterfly still had to struggle all the way to get out. And that's the way it is in our lives. We're going to face difficulties at work, at home, in relationships. Some of us might be dealing with physical struggles that we're in. And we want Jesus to come and rescue us from it. From it. But we've got to trust that this is an opportunity. And maybe He will come and and let us out of it early. But my experience has been, we got to go all the way across the mountain. You know, to get to the other side. And He'll give us the strength to get through it. But in the midst of that, that's when we get to, get to grow. We get to develop those wings. And I don't know about you, but when I get on the other side of a struggle, I'm ready to soar. <laughs> right? Ready to fly. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I can't tell you the number of times in the midst of struggle that I've had to read that Scripture and believe it again. God, you're going to work this out, right? It's going to be for good. It's going to be for good. Here's your feeling. Suffering can be a struggle, but God will use it for good. And I, I believe that's true. He will use your challenge that you're in today. For good, if you persevere. If you persevere. So the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize that suffering is an opportunity. All right? The second thing that we need to do is we can have more perseverance when we look for the lesson to learn. We've got to look for the lesson to learn. In the midst of trial, in the midst of challenge, God has lessons available to teach us. But we've got to look for them. We've got to look for them. We've got to be teachable. Listening to God. Trying to hear what He has to say to us. So I, I mentioned earlier that those wilderness trips have taught me to persevere. And most of the time where I learned that lesson of perseverance, it was underneath a canoe. Uh, when I'm carrying a canoe and I don't know how long this trail is. And, and God was like, all right, here's your opportunity to develop this muscle of perseverance. And it's amazing that in those, those times, like they're a week long, uh, the trips, but they come back. When I come back, I have gained this muscle that lasts me for the months and years to come. We can gain so much if we pay attention and embrace the struggle and try to get the most out of that opportunity. Because we're not always going to be in a struggle. Right? I mean, that's the experience of life. Today, some of you are in a difficult time. You're struggling today. My word for you is that you won't always struggle. There is an end in sight. And for others, you're not struggling today. Today's a good day. Let me just tell you, there will be a struggle. Coming your way. 
They come and they go. They come and they go. When they come, let's embrace them as an opportunity. Let's learn everything we can from it. So I'm going to take uh, a little bit of our time that we have left, and I'm going to share with you five lessons that I've learned underneath the canoe, okay? These are lessons I've learned. I've taught these to the guys up there so that they don't die while we're up there, um, so they can persevere and develop it. So here's five life lessons. The first one is don't focus on the mountains. Don't focus on the mountains. Let me give you an example. So here's a picture of my son, Ben. He went on our last trip. We went to the Boundary Waters in Minnesota because we couldn't cross the border yet. Uh, hopefully, we'll get back to Canada. But if you can see there, he's actually smiling. That's never me. I'm never smiling when I'm underneath the canoe. But he was smiling because he's young and strong. And <laughs> This is true. It's not the only time you smiled under a canoe, though. This is true. I remember that now. You did. <clears throat> So anyway, when you're carrying a canoe like that, okay, um, I remember this time I was carrying it, and the canoe is usually down like this, and you're walking, and I started going up a hill. I could feel the incline, so you know, you're starting to step up, and so I, I leaned back. I took the canoe, and I leaned it back, and I kept leaning it back, and I kept leaning it back until I saw the top of the hill, and so then I threw down the canoe, and I sat down. <laughs> I just gave up because there's this huge hill in front of me. And I'm like, I don't want to climb that hill. I don't want to see it. And so when I focused on it, 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 it made me want to quit. Isn't that the way life is? If you stare at the problem long enough, you lose all hope. There's no end in sight. We can't stare at our problems. We can't focus on our problems. We need to do what I have here for step number two, is, or lesson number two, take one step at a time. So the times that I have climbed those tall mountains, I remember I'd have this canoe on me and I'd start going up the hill and my tendency is to go, okay, how big is this hill? But then I remembered the time I gave up and threw it down. So I said, no, I'm just going to keep my head down and I'm going to take one step at a time. Because in life, guys, we can always take the next step. Just like when I'm walking across this stage. You know, this one more step is not the end of the world. We can do that. We can do one more step and take one more step and take one more step. And by keeping my head down and not staring at the mountain, I've, I've gotten to the top of some pretty big hills in Canada. I've gotten under the top and I'm like, how did I get up here? By keeping my head down, focusing on my next step. So in the challenges or problems that you're facing today, here's my question for you. What's your next step? What's your next step? Because you may not know how to solve the problem. You may not think you have the energy to get through it or the strength to get through it, but I bet you, you have the strength or energy to take that next step. Now for some of you today, that next step may be waiting another day or another week or another month. And I don't know about you, I'd rather take any other step but to wait. Wait is hard. Waiting is hard. But that may be your next step is just wait and pray. Just pray and wait. But we can all take the next step. And by taking the next step, we'll get over that mountain. Sooner or later, we'll get over that mountain. The third lesson I've learned is uh, to focus on Scripture. When we 
take guys up on these trips. We, we print out a, a Bible memory verse or section of Scripture, and we put it on a card, and, uh, and we ask them to memorize this during the week. And that's a lifeline for me on some of those longer portages. And I'm carrying the canoe, and I'm like, man, this is a long one. As a leader, I always know how long they're going to be. So I'm like, oh, this is a long one. And so I'm carrying this canoe. And when I get kind of desperate, I'll just reach into my pocket, pull out my Bible memory verse, and I'll just start reading it over and over and trying to memorize it and reading it, saying it out loud and trying to memorize it. And then before I know it, I look up and there's water. I've reached the end of my portage. In life, we cannot forsake Scripture. When we're in the midst of a trial or a challenge, do not go to the world for advice and help. Start right here in the Word of God. Everything we need is right in here. And here it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And here it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And here it says that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. I mean, everything we need is in here. Let's look in here to help us in our midst of trials and challenges. So focus on Scripture. The fourth tip is to lighten your pack. We, we kind of, we like to have new people go on these trips because we get to make fun of them the entire time. I know it's not very Jesus-like, but it is fun. Um, one of the ways that uh, I like, I just, I, I guess I don't say this to them and through their face, but I do it a lot in my tent. But um, these guys will take too much stuff, you know? I mean, because everything you take in your pack, you have to carry along with the canoe and one of the things that they take too much of is food. So we provide all the food for this trip. Some guys will bring extra food along, um, but we tell them, we say, hey, here's what you need. Just take six of these, you know, breakfast bars, take some beef jerky, you know, all this stuff. And after everybody takes all their food, there's always food left over. And uh, I say, well, if you want it, you can have it. So like the new guys all are like, oh. You know, they take it all because they're like, I'm going to be hungry up there. You know, they take all this food. But then they're carrying this food the entire time. And it's not uncommon by the, the third day that they're like, why am I carrying all this food? I'm never going to eat this this week. And they're taking it and throwing it in the fire and just burning it up, you know, because they're trying to lighten their pack. Now, unfortunately, you can't, you know, get rid of the chair that you brought or the heavy whatever, you know, these other things that they bring. They, they, they wish they could. Um, but the key here is that we've, we've got to lighten our pack. We can't carry in our lives things that we are not called to carry. Right? We can't carry somebody else's problems that God has not called us or strengthened us to carry. Some of us today have friends who have a ton of problems in their lives. And you have tried to be their savior and to carry all of their problems for them. Well, let me just tell you, there is only one Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. It's not you. Our job is to help people and point them to Jesus. Because only He can carry their burdens. So sometimes we're carrying other people's problems more than we should. Amen. Let me sit there for a second, because 
I'm just reminded. You may be struggling with persevering and struggling in this world, and it's not even your problem. You're carrying somebody else's problem. You're taking on their offense. Guys, we have enough of our own things to deal with. Don't carry somebody else's offense. Love them, pray for them, point them to Jesus. Be there for them. But man, it has enough weight of its own without you carrying it. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The race marked out for us. Carry the things that God gives us. Don't carry extra things. Now there are some other things that we carry that aren't helpful in our, our walk with Jesus. Like we might carry a lot of um, media subscriptions to Netflix and Amazon and HBO and all this stuff. And so we, we just watch it all the time. And, and guys, it just trips you up. Uh, have you noticed that there's not a lot of good content being produced on those media channels? There's not a lot. So what happens? We just end up watching content that's not good because we're paying for it. That'll trip you up. That'll take you off course. You might have hobbies that you're carrying in this life. You're trying to get all your hobbies in and still try to be a parent or still try to be a worker, still try to be um, a husband or a wife, a student, and you got all these things that are taking all of your time, and, and you're like, I can't get through this life. You got to lighten your pack. Dump a hobby or two. Sometimes we kind of talked about this, but we have friends that, well, I've been friends with them since fourth grade, but they're sucking the life out of you. And they just keep taking every one of their problems and it's like a rock that they throw into your pack. And you're walking through this life and go, man, I don't know if I can, I can persevere. This is, this is heavy. This is heavy. That's because you're carrying somebody else's burdens that you're not called to carry. Then, of course, the Scripture talks about sin. Sin will weigh you down. It'll weigh you down. And so if you're struggling with a sin area, first of all, confess it to God. Repent. Confess it to God. And then I would encourage you, and this is our last fill-in, is to not go at it alone. Don't go alone. Confess your sin to somebody else. Let them pray with you. Let them point you to Jesus. Now, not that they can carry your burden for you because there's only one, that's Jesus. But they can point you to Jesus and they can help you. Don't go it alone. Um, in Canada, we always go two in a canoe. And if we have an odd number, we'll put three in a canoe. We'll get a larger canoe and do three in a canoe. One year, there was a, a group that went up and they had an odd number and one of the guys was an avid kayaker. And he's like, no, I'll just take my kayak and I'll, I'll kayak with everyone. Well, that, that year, he ended up being the last one to every portage because he couldn't keep up. There's only one person paddling versus two paddlers. 
And when he got to the uh, portages, he, he, you know, they didn't take turns carrying the canoe. He carried it every single time, every single portage, all of his equipment. And every night when they were sitting around the fire, he was exhausted. He was exhausted. But he learned a valuable lesson. Two is better than one. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Many of us here today are trying to go at it alone. At it alone. How do I know that? Because it's America. I want the free and the brave and the stubborn. And we ain't going to tell anybody about what we're dealing with. If you want to persevere in this life, through life's troubles, you need to enlist some friends, a crew, a tribe, a pack. Get some people around you and you'll do so much better. So much better. If you need prayer, we have this um, uh, email, prayer at lv.church now. We just set this up. And this is for all of you. If, if you're, you're having one of those days and you just need prayer, send this. Some prayer warriors will get that and they'll begin praying for you immediately. They'll be kept in confidence too. But I just want to tell you, you don't have to go through this life alone. And if you don't know where to turn, give me a call. Send me an email. Stop by the church. You don't have to be alone. We were not meant to go through this life alone. So my hope is that as we look at our troubles, as opportunities, and we learn in the midst of it, that we'll gain some perseverance. And as we gain perseverance, that's going to move us towards character and hope. And hope will never disappoint us. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.